I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to a combined edition of the Giant Splash podcast and the A's Plus podcast. I'm your co-host, I guess. Is that true, Maddie? Uh, Susan Slusser, I cover the <laughs> I cover the Giants for the San Francisco Chronicle. And with me is Matt Kawahara, who was our A's beat writer. And we are just finishing up the Giants and A's series, the second installment of the Bay Bridge series this year. The Giants take two of three at Oakland. First of all, uh, Matt, what were your impressions um, of the series, particularly of, uh, you know, I think Giants fans look at it and go like, wow, look at all that great late pinch hitting from the Giants. From the A's perspective, I'm guessing the bullpen is becoming maybe a little bit of a question mark. Yeah, I think the A's have to be really kind of frustrated with the series because they could have swept this series from the best team in baseball. Um, they were a few outs away from it. And the bullpen has been sort of a, a like periodic issue for them. Um, obviously, they it struggled kind of in the middle of the year, but really for the last month and a half, the bullpen has been really good. And Andrew Chafin, who they brought in, has been really good for them. And he gave up two home runs yesterday after giving up one the entire year before that. Um, AJ Puck today, they're they're playing this stretch of 15 games in 15 days. So they were limited today in their bullpen options. So Bob Melvin goes to AJ Puck in the eighth and the, the walk that he issues to Slater ends up hurting a lot. So, I don't know. I think the the A from the A's perspective. I mean, they can look at some of the positives from the series, like Frankie Montas pitching really well, um, James Caprillion gutting through his outing on Friday night. But I think just results wise, losing two or three, they have to come away from this pretty frustrated. Yeah, the thing that really struck me about the A's, having not really um, seen very much of them except for during interleague play against the Giants, um, is Starling Marte. My gosh, um, what a that's a great midseason pickup. That's one of the great trade deadline acquisitions. I knew he was a good player. I was talking to Lou Trevino about him today. And I said, said exactly this. I, I knew he was a good player. I did not know he was a great player. And Lou's like, oh my God, that's exactly what I've been telling everybody, mm-hmm. which seems to kind of be the universal. But I mean, it's like watching Ricky Henderson in his prime, which I know sounds crazy, but that's how he's playing. He changed completely the dynamics of the game. Gabe Kapler was saying before the second game of this series, how much he changes the A's lineup. What's it, what's it been like watching him? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's just amazing the way that he when you get on when he gets on base, you know he's going to steal. Everyone knows he's going to steal. The other team knows he's going to steal, and he steals anyway. He's seventeen for seventeen Jeez. in twenty two games. So um, crazy. He's like he's like a top ten player in the American League in steals, even though he's played twenty two games. In the, yeah, so he has completely changed um, their lineup. But it's just an issue of when he gets on base, he's not getting driven in. Um, and that is, that has been an issue really for them throughout the entire season. And I think if you look at Saturday's game, that was kind of a microcosm of a lot of things that have gone wrong for them this year because they stranded a lot of runners on base. It came back to bite them late because the bullpen had its issues. Um, and then Sean and I has been a little shaky this month. So um, so that was, a, that was a telling loss. And then today just is sort of a gut punch for them at the end of the year. But you look at the Giants. I mean, the Giants just keep finding ways to win games. Yeah. 
it's crazy because all of the Giants' runs in this series came via homer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we kind of look at it and go, are they over-reliant on the homer? That sometimes that doesn't work out well in postseason scenarios You can't if you can't manufacture runs and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think the Saturday game was, again, kind of a little bit of a microcosm for them in that respect because they had that really, really disastrous eighth inning when they're down. Uh, first of all, Kirk Casale can't get a bunt down with two runners on. Mm-hmm. Then Brandon Crawford, going on his own, um, tries to break for third, gets picked off. Uh, and that, that inning goes horribly wrong. And then they come back, of course, get the walk from Brandon Belt and the pinch hit home run for Lamont Wade. That's kind of been how the Giants were going. But there, there are some concerns, I think, in Giants land. Um, you know, Anthony DeSclafani was supposed to throw a bullpen session today after getting a cortisone shot in his ankle. Uh, he played long toss. He clearly didn't look too, too comfortable, didn't look very comfortable yesterday when he was playing catch. There was a big huddle. He winds up not pitching, uh, taking his bullpen. So uh, he's on the IL now. That's him and Cueto on the IL, although Cueto was supposed to come off on Wednesday. But this is a team with so little starting pitching depth. The concern at the deadline was... What happens if you don't go out and get another starter? You're really reliant on these five guys staying healthy the rest of the way, and that has not been the case. Mm-hmm. Now, some of it is I think they've wanted to rest, get some guys a little extra rest when they can, but the DeSclafani thing is is um, concerning, and his, his um, body language and facial expressions have made me even more concerned because he has just looked very kind of like, I like I can't do this, and it's that's alarming. Um, Sammy Long comes up to probably make the start Tuesday. That's not official, but he threw a bullpen today and he's back on the roster. Uh, and he has been, after a very nice first outing, he's been really erratic. And, uh, you know, we might see former ace Scott Casimir here at some point in the next couple of weeks if they have need for a starter, which that would be fun. Um, but again, he's, he's a guy who made three appearances for the Giants and was not consistent. So uh, Olympic silver <laughs> Olympic silver medalist. That is very cool. And, and he I, also got to yeah. Gosman the other night. Yeah. I thought that was a really uh, interesting quote that he gave the, about the guys having a book on him now yeah. and just knowing what he's going to do. So I don't know how much of a concern that is. But on the other hand, Logan Webb was really good today. It's kind of been Logan Webb. And then, and then a bunch of question marks recently, which is crazy because Gosman's an all-star. Um, but yeah, Gosman's split finger doesn't have the action he he's used to, um, and guys are laying off it anyway. So he has to, you know, he has to hit the corners with it, mm-hmm. uh, which is not doing quite as well. And he's still, you know, he's not kind of getting that late movement that he's used to on it. So yeah, he's a little bit of a concern. He's so good, even with you know, uh, he's essentially a two-pitch pitcher. Sometimes even as a one-pitch pitcher, he's still been effective. That's mm-hmm. how good he is. But, uh, yeah, it's not uh, – the starting pitching carried them for a long time, and right now I would say that's the one biggest area of concern. But, um, you know, the fact that they are not manufacturing runs and they are stranding runners, uh, these are the sort of things that we've, you know, seen in Oakland for a long time can hurt a team big time in September and certainly in a short playoff series. You're only over-reliant on the home run when you're not hitting them, right? <laughs> right, right. <That's>, so. <laughs> Fans keep telling me, like, what are you talking about? Over-reliant. Yeah. I love this. Yeah, they just go out there and hit home runs. That's great. Um, but, yeah, like the A's, I don't know I don't know if the A's hit a home run in this series. I think they hit one, didn't they? Did they? Mm-hmm. Somebody did. Anyway. Um, we were here. We watched it. Yeah, I promise. Something like that. Uh, but, yeah, the I think the, the, the driving in runners um, – that's just something that for whatever reason has been sort of was inconsistent for has been inconsistent for the A's pretty much all year like what right after the trade deadline when they brought in 
Marte and they brought in the other guys, um, the offense really did pick up for a couple of weeks, and it kind of masked the fact that, I mean, this, their starting rotation has also carried them throughout the year, but now they're without Chris Bassett for who knows how long. Now Sean Manaya is having a rough August. Um, Cole Irvin has been a little bit up and down since guys started, you know, figuring out that he throws strikes all the time. So <laughs> you can kind of swing early and maybe try to jump on him early. Um, so, yeah, they, they have some issues to work through, too, I think, over the next month and a half, for sure. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Bassett because I, that one, um, first of all, I mean, it, it's just a scary moment. The second I saw you tweeting about it, um, I immediately turned on the game. I was, I can't remember, I was off or the Giants were off or something. I was doing something else. And um, I, my heart was in my throat. It just, um, so scary. It reminded me so much of the Brandon McCarthy when he got hit in the head. And that was such, obviously such a serious medical situation. So, uh, I'm very glad to hear, you know, that he's okay. It was not a serious head injury, but mm-hmm. you know, fractured cheekbone and jawbone is that's no walk in the park. And yeah. he he obviously had been the team's best starter, and he's also the team leader. He's the longest tenured A's player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a wonderful guy. I mean, I think most people that follow the A's know he's also a, just a tremendous quote. I keep telling people this week he's going to be an awesome broadcaster someday. I think that's what he wants to do and he should do because he could talk with the best of them. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that he's going to be okay. But he's going to be out. He's got had surgery, and I know you guys talked to Nick Paparesta, the A's trainer, today, right? What, did he give you some an update? Yeah, he's going to have surgery on Tuesday. Um, or the, the plan is for him to go in for a consultation tomorrow, Monday, uh, with the surgeon to, to have like a repeat follow-up CT scan, make sure everything's okay in there, and then make sure the swelling has gone down in his face for them to go in and repair the fractures, um, which are basically in the right cheek area. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's supposed to have uh, surgery Tuesday. Uh, Nick Paparesta, the trainer, said that there's the possibility even – within like 48 to 72 hours after surgery, he can come back to the Bay Area. He's been in Chicago this whole time and that's where he's gonna have the procedure. Um, I, I think, yeah, I mean, but all things considered, I mean, as, as horrible as a moment that, as that was and as scary as it was for everybody, um, and you know, you, you obviously you just, you fear the worst in that kind of a moment. I think in, in the context of it, uh, it seems like the, the news since then has been good with sort of how quickly he responded and the fact that he was able to even come in and see the team the, the last day that they were in Chicago before they came back here. Um, and it sounds like the swelling has gone down and he's in, been in pretty good spirits throughout the whole thing and obviously still uncomfortable and still has, you know, a lot of swelling and still has the facial fractures and the, the, that they're going to go in and fix. Um, but there's a possibility that he'll be back in California, you know, late next week. We'll be back with more of our combined Giant Splash and A's Plus podcasts in just a moment. But first, a reminder, you can find all of the Chronicles A's and Giants coverage at www.sfchronicle.com and to subscribe go to sfchronicle.com slash pod I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is The Deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I, I'm really against the idea that MLB has floated about uh, moving the mount back. 
at all. Um, it changes the nature of the game for me. But I do, I do get concerned now when we see the exit velocities. Uh, the game now between the maple bats and the, how hard pitchers throw. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see velocities off the bat sometimes over 110 miles an hour. Chris Bassett is a great fielding pitcher. He could not get his glove up in time. No, and it was, I mean, that was 100 miles an hour off the bat, and he tried. I mean, you could see, like, both hands went up, and yeah, and it just snuck through the two hands and caught him right in the face. Um, It's horrifying. Yeah, there was just nothing he could do. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it was was extremely scary. Um, And he was down for a long time, and it was super quiet in that stadium. And Mm. obviously... we couldn't, I, it was really hard to tell. I mean, you could see the, you know, the, the towel that they were holding to his face was bloody, but you couldn't see the extent of the injuries because they kept the towel over his face and he had his hands to his face the whole time. Really the scariest thing, because, you know, you see it happen in the moment and he goes down and you're not really sure what's going on there, but it's really like the reactions of teammates. Like Sean Murphy was the first guy to reach him and he immediately turns and waves to the ace dugout and Matt Chapman was over there doing the same thing and Chapman's face throughout the whole thing. I mean, he just looked uh, terrified. So um, yeah, it was it was super scary. Um, and you could just tell talking to the guys afterward, they all just felt horrible for Bassett. A couple of guys suspended. I mean, he's having a great year. Great. He's having his career season. Yeah. Probably gonna be, he would probably Will be, should have been, would have been in the Cy Young discussion. Absolutely. Leading the league in, in wins and innings. And once you know that, you know, he's going to be okay, I mean, yeah, huge loss for the team. It's huge loss. Something they're going to have to, I mean, you can't, you don't replace him. You just kind of try to band together and mitigate the, yeah. the absence. I was glad to see that he actually popped into the clubhouse and yeah. said hi to the players mm-hmm. um, before they left, which was great. I'm not surprised, but that goes a long way too, and hopefully yeah, that that sure. boosts some spirits at least at least briefly. Um, how do things look for the A's the rest of the way? Um, obviously, Houston is kind of looking like they're taking control of the division. Um, kind of give us an idea on where things stand and what the the schedule looks like the rest of the way and the what the maybe some of the obstacles are. Yeah, I mean, the, so the A's have lost. I think it's six of eight now, um, and they've kind of lucked out in the last week or so because the Astros have not played that well for the last week either. I mean, they could have lost a lot of ground while they were on this last road trip and losing these two at three, but they're three and a half out as it stands. Their schedule for the rest of the way is pretty tough. Um, They have the Yankees coming in at the end of this homestand, which is going to be a big series because the Yankees are uh, leading the wild card race right now. Um, But yeah, they go, I mean, they have another series against the White Sox who are leading the Central. Um, they go to play the Blue Jays uh, in Toronto, and they have two more series, I think, against the um, the Astros. And they play the Mariners a, uh, a couple of series at least, and the Mariners play them tough for whatever uh, reason. They, they always have for yeah, like the last 15 years. Yeah. They, they have not been able to beat the Mariners. They've had a real <laughs> tough time with the Mariners. I, you know, you don't, I, we, they haven't seen them since the trade deadline, which really seemed to screw with the Mariners' mojo a lot. So I don't know how that's gonna go, but um, but yeah, their their schedule the rest of the way is is not easy. So they're gonna have to sort of pick things up. Um, yeah, same question about the Giants though. Uh, yeah, the Giants they're starting one of their rougher stretches of the season. They're playing sixteen in a row, which is their, is their longest stretch, and it's a team that has looked. You know, as I mentioned, certainly from a starting pitching standpoint, a little fatigue. They've done a really careful job of making sure that all of the um, position players are getting regular rest. But their best position players are all in their, you know, almost mid-30s, you know, Crawford and Posey and Belt and 
so so on um, Longoria is out with a finger thing um, he should be back later this week and he also had some um, side effects from us from a booster shot from the J&J shot um, but you know these are older guys and um, just as they're starting the most important stretch of the season they've got 16 in a row and they kick it off with New York and Atlanta so that is not an easy road trip and then they play the uh, Padres a ton down this stretch and you know the Padres are in third place but this is still a team and obviously they've got some injuries and some issues and you know they've underperformed from what was expected but this is a very good team and if I'm a team like the Padres I'm like hey we've had a rotten season but we can turn it around right now with the, with all of these games we have against the Giants. So um, those are all going to be key, and the Giants are going to be going into those potentially a little bit tired. Mm. We talked about Marte. Just how, how big of an addition has Bryant been for them? Um, you know, he's had his he's had some big moments here and there. He, it's not to the point where he is carrying them, and it's not that kind of team anyway. They're mm. such a, a, a team that relies sort of on everybody. Um, and, uh, uh, it seems like who like, you know, a lot of their role players are the guys that, you know, as you've seen from all these pinch hit home runs, so the guys that kind of wind up really playing, playing major roles, but yeah, um, especially his first week, he was making a lot of noise and I suspect he's going to have a lot to do with, uh, how they do down the stretch. Um, Longoria coming back to, uh, same thing. I think he's going to be fairly significant. Uh, Tommy Listella has been a little on the quiet side, and we know that he really kind of um, pushed the A's into the playoffs himself last year and then was probably their, their best player in that playoff series. So um, I think he will have something to, to say with all of this. But, uh, yeah, they are certainly a very, uh, you know, at, at this point I think we can we can stop talking about how they're exceeding expectations. They're just a good team. Yeah. Um, they've proven it time and time again, and it's funny because it seems like the fans just keep waiting for the wheels to fall off. In June, I spent so much time, well, trying to ignore people going, June swoon, June swoon, and it's, you know, late August, and uh, they lose two in a row. And as Logan Webb said after the game today, we lost two in a row, and people were going crazy. Like, what? Like what? it was nuts. Like, uh, people were panicking. I don't get it. So, um, yeah, I think this is a team that's proven they're a playoff team. They just need to make sure they hang on to that top spot and, and avoid the wild card. Although the Giants' history as a wild card team is not poor, That's true. unlike the A's. This is, this is a good point. <laughs> I was going to say, like, the the West, I mean, the, the race between the Giants and the Dodgers is going to be really fascinating. The fact that one of those teams is going to have to play in the wild card game is, like, almost unfair. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a good point about the Giants. <laughs> they've, the Giants they've done okay love the now. wild card. They've had some bone this year, though. Yeah, so. That's true. Yeah. They got Logan Webb. Um, so, of course, we have to finish by talking about one of the uh, perennial A's topics that we discussed, but it's especially timely right now because I know you were in the scrum the other day when Dave Cavill came down to talk to the media about the stadium situation. Where are we right now? How would you sum up kind of what, what's going on? Yeah, so... I think I want to say that this was potentially the first time that Dave Cavill has talked to the media since um, the immediate aftermath of the uh, city council vote on July 20th. Um, obviously, A's officials still went and did their Las Vegas trip that was right after that. Um, but since then, I don't know that we had heard from them. The last that we had heard from them were that they were disappointed with uh, the city council voting on the amended term sheet, not the A's term sheet. So the city, the Mayor Schaff had, um, had said, after that, that you know, negotiations were going to start up again. The two sides were still going to be talking. I think the A's had declined to comment at that point, but Dave Cavill did say on Friday that negotiations have been ongoing. The sense that I got from the tone that he delivered, I mean, he still made, he definitely made a point to use that parallel paths terminology and 
and made a point to say that there are still going to, even though they have not been back to Las Vegas since then, and there, as far as I know, are no trips planned, he did say that they are intending to plan another trip at some point. Hmm. But um, but the sense that I got from the, the language that was used was that they are looking, I mean, they're, they're working with the city of Oakland um, to see if they can uh, hammer out some of the differences that are there, or at least the way that it was portrayed by Dave Cavill was that they are working toward, working on some of the other aspects of the proposal, like the environmental um, aspect and some of the other approvals that would need to get done anyway before maybe going circling back and trying to hammer out the uh, the last differences in the economic terms so I don't know that there is I don't know exactly what the timeline is there we I, I asked uh, if there's like a point at which the economic terms need to be agreed on um, and his answer was that he doesn't think that another vote would be possible until late or toward the end of the year so they have some time to to hammer out that kind of stuff and Obviously, the negotiations aren't going, and um, who knows what goes on there. But uh, but you at least got the sense that they're still talking. Right? Yeah. So I mean, it, it's not to get too into the weeds, but essentially, it boils down to how much of the infrastructure costs Oakland pays, and that's the the issues there. Some of the issues were about creating two tax districts to pay for it versus one. And then there was a, an issue about the affordable housing that would be included. Yeah, I think it's the uh, the two major hangups were who would pay for offsite infrastructure costs that were totaling about $350 million. Uh, and then, um, yes, the amount of affordable housing that was included in the proposal. And uh, the last that, yeah, I, I mean, the city uh, had come out and said that um, the idea of to uh, infrastructure tax financing districts uh, was not going to happen. Um, but I think they had suggested that the offsite infrastructure costs could be um, covered in another way, that the, the, the A's wouldn't necessarily need to be the ones paying mm. for that. So not exactly sure oh, what Oh, creative the, financing. I see. Yeah. Um, so... Again, those are, as from what I know, those were, those were the two um, major hang-ups there with the economic terms. Well, I think we talked about this the other day, and I still just, my position on this is, has always been, as most people's, is I, I just want them to get a new stadium somewhere in the Bay Area. I don't, at this point, don't care where. Um, Howard Terminal sounds great if they could get it done, and if they can't, you know, hey, here, wherever, San Jose, I don't care. But I just don't see that MLB would really want to a leave this huge market fifth sixth in the country largest in the country to the giants alone it would be the largest um market for one team one single team uh, i'm pretty sure that the dodgers and padres and the rest of the nl west would not love that idea so that's a bunch of owners so it would probably be um anti that plus mlb wants to expand and they get massive expansion fees i cannot imagine them them wanting the a's to move to las vegas and cost them an expansion fee from Las Vegas. So um, I think that there has been kind of a lot of, um, you know, posturing involved with some of this, but I still pretty pretty much strongly feel that MLB wants to be here. I really do. And one, I think one thing is, 
either way, I mean, if it's the A's, if the A's were to say hypothetically move to Las Vegas, or or if not, the legwork that they've done in Las Vegas has, I think, probably given Major League Baseball a lot of information on the viability of just right. the market in Las Vegas. So, yeah. I mean, if the A's end up staying here, MLB still has a lot of knowledge that it probably didn't have before about the viability of sustaining a team in that market. That's a good point. I mean, I hate to point out to listeners at this point that Matt Kawakara covered the Raiders before coming over to the A's. So once they started talking about Vegas, I, I started did start wondering, is it Kawakara? To be fair, though, <laughs> the Raiders were already going to move to Vegas uh-huh, when uh-huh. I started covering for the Chronicles. Uh-huh, so, yeah. I, I see. That, that one was my fault. <laughs> this one might be, but we'll see. <laughs> Well, we will check back with Matt Kawahara at some point um, toward the end. Yeah? Yeah. Last oh, thing. you've got another thing? Well, last got a popping is, question. Well, yes. we're still here at the Coliseum. Yes. It's just what, what was it like for you to come back to the Coliseum? I think this is the first regular season series since moving over to cover the Giants. Yeah. This, uh, you know what? The only thing that was – one of the things that was great was seeing, like, all the security and the behind-the-scenes people, especially a lot of the people that we didn't see last year when there was COVID. Um, so that was actually really, really wonderful. The only thing that was weird – it wasn't weird being on the field, which I thought it might be. It was um, weird when the game started and I realized I was covering the team that was hitting first. Mm. And that, for some reason, that was the one where I was like, whoa, whoa, wait. What's, oh, I cover that team. That, <laughs> that was a weird thing for me. But, you know, I covered the Rangers for two years. So I've, I've covered the the visiting team here before. So, I, didn't, I guess, uh, obviously, it was a million years ago, but it shouldn't be that weird. But I was, I was, it was, I thought it was going to be strange not sitting in my old seat, but I was delighted to get there and find that they had given my old seat to the late Pedro Gomez. There's a little spot there for Pedro, and I love that. So if somebody else has got my seat, I'm uh, absolutely um, um, thrilled that it's Pedro. For sure. Yeah. Matt Kawahara, um, that was always wonderful to talk to you on our joint podcasts, and we will talk again close to the end of the season and figure out where both of these teams are heading. Yeah. That could be very exciting. Or, hey, we'll talk again in maybe in October before a Bay Bridge series. That's my plan. I have another Bay Bridge series, and then maybe they can give back that little weird trophy. <laughs> Do I'm they, if, if, there's, if there's a World <laughs> Series between the A's and the Giants, do they also have to give back <laughs> the just, Bay Bridge trophy? The winner doesn't get the commissioner's trophy. They, get they the just Bay get the Bridge little trophy. Bay Bridge trophy. <laughs> That'd be awesome. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks so much for listening to this combined edition of the Giant Splash and A's Plus podcasts. Our producers today were King Kaufman and G. Allen Johnson. And our music, Batter Up, was written and performed by Lauren Gold and Reed Eastless. We'll be back next week with more Giants and A's podcasts. Mm-hmm.